Welcome to the Emerge Thriving Podcast, wellness designed for real life. In these conversations, we focus on topics that impact our everyday lives. Forgiveness, self-worth, resiliency, embracing self-care, the power of nutrition, and so much more. Life isn't always easy, but together we can take steps towards a thriving life. Today, we're talking about how to make groundbreaking change in the quality of our lives through the way that we choose to acknowledge, respect, and restore our bodies each day. Kathleen Fitzgerald, integrative nutrition coach, is joining us to reignite our connection with the truth that who we are and how we are right now is worthy of real nourishment and unconditional love. Thank you for being with us, Kathleen. We're so glad to have you. Before we get started, please feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, thank you so much for having me and for such an eloquent introduction. (laughs) As Amy mentioned, I'm Kathleen. I'm an integrative nutrition coach. And really what I focus on is helping women get healthy and reconnect with their body so they can reach their health goals, right? You know, lose weight feel amazing in their bodies and stop worrying about things like dieting because dieting, as I've learned from many years of personal experience, can cause a lot of its own problems if you're really not paying attention to what your body is telling you. So I'm so grateful to be doing this work and helping others kind of find what works for them. I love that so much. It's so powerful. I'm so glad you're here today. So just to kind of give everybody And we're just still getting to know each other too. So kind of just to set the stage for our conversation and then for our listeners listening in. For myself, I've been over the past year and a half restoring my physical health and healing through trauma-informed therapy, which has an impact on your body too. Although I've been going to traditional counseling for most of my life, which has really helped in a variety of ways, especially for my mental health and understanding some of the context of things that I went through. It really helped give a foundation for healing. It wasn't until this year, though, that the impact of restoring my physical health, what that could actually do for the quality of my life, which is why I'm excited to be able to meet with you and talk with you. I still have a ways to go, but I know finally, for the first time in my life, what it feels like to relax. People would say, you just relax. And what does that mean? What are you talking about? I can't relax. I'm stressed. I didn't know how to be able to do that for myself, how to actually relax. And then also having mental focus and clarity, being able to sleep deeply with better quality, more consistently. These are just some of the changes that have happened in my life. And it's created a different, healthier baseline for well-being which has helped me get to know the true core version of Amy. Who is Amy when she was, isn't weighed down by anxiety and depression and exhaustion? So I'm so glad that we're talking today about how we can step into our full potential and how we can get a glimpse of the person we're meant to be by restoring our health and by dismantling harmful thought patterns and beliefs, which is what you've already hinted at here. And we have a lot to cover. So we'll just dive right into the first question. 
But I want to start off by saying something you know very well, which is food is actually medicine for our bodies. This is something you're passionate about sharing with others because it's so powerful. So my question to you is what is, was your greatest aha moment when you discovered that food was medicine and how has embracing that truth changed your life? Yeah. What a, what an amazing question, right? I mean, and what a crazy concept that food is medicine. I feel like when you actually say it out loud, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's what fuels my body. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I honestly, I've had lots and lots of light bulb moments along my journey, but if I had to kind of define the greatest one for me, it was probably when I left my last role working in the corporate world. So this is actually already probably around eight years into my personal obsession with health and nutrition. And I already thought that I was very woke, you know, to what's what. And at this point, I had already tried all the different wellness diets. You know, I had gone plant-based and paleo. I had tried keto and intermittent fasting and you know, I was living a very healthy, paleo-like, low-carb diet, you know, no dairy, no processed food, no sugar. I was like eating all my vegetables, exercising every day. And I was very convinced that this is kind of the holy grail way of eating and living. But I had kind of been a point where I was actually starting to feel worse than I had ever felt. So up to this point, you know, I had felt really good changing my diet. I mean, things started to go in the other direction. I was you know, it was struggling more and more to lose weight. You know, my periods started to become irregular. It was a complete insomniac. I couldn't sleep at all, no matter what I tried. Um, it's getting sick all of the time. And I had a really, I think, weird relationship to food. I had no control around sugar and carbs and all the things that I had been restricting. And overall, I'd say I was a pretty cranky person to be around, which doesn't sound like um, a state of wellness, right? <laughs> so. I spent a lot of my time blaming my job for all of these symptoms because I was working really long hours. I was burning out and overall just a very stressed out person. And so I left that job. I had gotten to the point where I was like, no job is worth my health and my sanity. Right. And, you know, a few months later, a couple of months passed by, um, none of my symptoms were getting better. At this point, my body is screaming at me that things are not working. Right. I was so desperate. And so confused because I knew that food was medicine and yet some things are not working. Right. And I remember being so resistant to even considering that how I was eating, it was contributing to my problems because I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, like my functional doctor recommended this way of eating my Chinese medicine doctor, all the wellness experts, you know, I had dug into everything that would potentially help me feel better. You know, like as it turns out, as soon as I stopped fasting and cutting out all carbs and sugar and dairy and like really focus on less intense exercises and really bringing my body out of this stress state, it only took a few months to really heal and come out of that and feel amazing again. You know, it's so amazing how quickly the body bounces back, but it's just like that. You know, as soon as I gave my body what it needed, you know, sleeping like a baby, my periods are regular, like. I felt so good. And I'm like, wow, it really is one of the most powerful things. That's so relatable. That's so incredibly relatable. I was, I've also, my career has been in high stress situations, jobs, positions, responsibilities. 
And it is really hard when you don't have an understanding of what your body should feel like, how you should feel like, how to manage stress, how to care for yourself. It is really easy to look at the most stressful thing in your life and say, it's got to be all this. And I'm that absolutely has an influence, but how you care for yourself can have a real deep, meaningful impact in the way you experience and perceive life. And so, like you said, you get out of that stressful situation and you're like, oh, my problems should be solved, but they're not, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of like the personal inner work comes into, right? Because you're like, okay, I guess I need to take some responsibility for what's going on here. You know, I can't just blame my circumstances because obviously that didn't fix everything. Yeah. It's, it's that plus so much more, you know, it's such a combination really. So it can be one of the things that's really important for us that we wanted to talk about in our conversation today was how easy it can be to fall into a cycle of performing in many areas of our life. You know, maybe professionally we want to do well. Personally, maybe we want to look our best. And there can be really powerful societal pressures to fit in, which can compel us to continually look outward to determine what matters and how we need to look and how we need to be. So one of your values is helping people look beyond these influences and learn to love themselves unconditionally. So can you share with us why loving ourselves unconditionally matters and how it impacts our decisions regarding our health? Yes. Thank you so much for bringing this up. It's so important and so powerful, right? I think a lot of us get stuck here. I was for a lot of years and still catch myself, right? (laughs) But you know, something I've realized is that a lot of people that are feeling stuck, particularly in their health journeys, they believe that they need more motivation, you know, to get healthy, to lose weight, to have this crazy body transformation. It's really hard to be motivated if you don't really understand why you're trying to create change in the first place and why it's important to you personally, right? Because instead we've been taught to kind of believe that we have to look a certain way in order to be accepted. It influences how we feel about ourselves, of course, right? So Now you have a health goal that's coming from a place of shame, of not feeling like enough. So of course, that's not motivating, right? Like this places all of your worth on your results, which you actually don't have any control over. You know, you're only able to control how you show up, right? And you're not really setting yourself up for success. It's all very backwards. So I really like to encourage my clients to take a step back and get very clear on their values and tie their goals to that. Because it's actually, a lot of us can be very disconnected from our values, right? We're kind of told what they should be. And so this is where kind of a lot of the work looks like, but that can sound like, you know, I want to show my kids what a healthy lifestyle looks like because my family and my children are important to me, right? Or, you know, you want to have the freedom to do adventurous things like adventure travel, sports, or you want to feel good in your body so you can show up as your best self every day, or you want to age gracefully. To me, that's kind of the secret sauce. It's coming from a place of authenticity, a place of self-love. You're showing up, nourishing your mind, your body, 
doing the work because you deserve it, that's so much more motivating because you're doing it for you, right? You're doing it for your future self because you want to step up into that to step into your purpose as your best self. That is beautiful. And I really like as you're talking, I'm listening to you and letting it soak in. And one of the things that I'm coming away with is it's really about having a healthy relationship with yourself, really honoring and respecting yourself and not going, okay, I'll be good enough when I weigh that much, or I'll be good enough when I look this way, or maybe other people will accept me if I change this thing or that thing and really, you know, looking for for external validation. And what I hear you saying is it's so much more about internal validation in your relationship with yourself. And then that's what's going to make the quality of life difference. So because it's been normalized to define our our physical worth based on a narrow, very, very narrow standard of beauty, it can be easy to perpetuate self-deprecating thoughts like believing you need to lose weight before you date. Or thinking that you can't wear a particular outfit that you want to wear, but you're suppressing yourself because of a fear of not being good enough or not meeting that beauty standard or feeling like you don't deserve to feel good or be confident in sexually intimate moments. The list goes on and the shame around physical appearance can run deep especially if you feel like you've been betrayed by your own body or if you feel like your body is a liability. Can you speak to us about how this truth plays into the narrative we have about ourselves and how the impact of these messages can show up in our physical health and overall well-being? Yeah, I mean, oh man, I feel like we all struggle with this, right? I mean, I remember having these exact thoughts, I think, when I look back to when I started, I decided I was ready to start dating and I created a match.com profile. And it was more scary to me what someone might think of my body and how I look than my actual personality, you know, like this really deep rooted fears and conditioning, you know, and I think it's so important to acknowledge kind of the shame and your fears. Um, but it's really what you're going to do about that. That matters next, right? Cause we, these are natural feelings we all experience them and you really have to give yourself the chance to prove those thoughts wrong before you quit. You know, you owe that to yourself. And something I'm always preaching about is how important it is to master your mindset, because if you master that, you master your life, right? Because that's really what's holding you back from showing up the way that you want to be showing up. And I think we spend so much time worrying about our physical bodies diet and exercise. And we kind of lose sight of all the other areas of our health that we really need to focus on to experience a transformation that we're looking for. You know, usually it's more confidence, more happiness, but I've had to learn this the hard way. At the end of the day, your body does not heal separately from the mind, period. Everything is connected. So at the end of the day, like what you believe in is what you're going to manifest into your life. Um, you know, perception becomes reality, I think is the old adage, but how you think about yourself and your body and your potential, if they're limiting you in any way, that it's going to show up for you. Letting that really hit me on a soul level because you were talking about conditioning. And I think that is the perfect word because 
there's so many messages that are direct and overt. And then there's others that are kind of, you know, inferences. And what's not said also says a lot. When you're not told you're beautiful, you're not told you're worthy, or you're not told the essential things that you need to know as a child, then you're left to think that those are not true for you. And so here we are, and we're doing so much learning about what's healthy, but then also really unlearning. And you may not even know or be aware of what you need to unlearn. It's really just such a journey of uncovering, which is what makes someone like yourself a really safe person to go on a journey like that and to discover what is it that I want from my life and what would be equality for me and what would be meaning for me and why am I motivated to lose weight, for example, just that alone as an example. What is motivating me and why do I have those thoughts and beliefs about myself? You know, that's really kind of the way of dismantling that in having that quality relationship with yourself that you deserve to have and that we want our children to have. And that really influences the way that society will function. It really starts with us. So it's deep, meaningful, important work. Yes, it is. It's crazy. I mean, I think that, like you said, we're constantly learning and unlearning. And I think that, you know, we're just constantly also surrounded by what everyone else has also been influenced by, right? So if you take diet culture, for example, and, you know, we're supposed to look this very specific way. It's like, well, your peers and your community and your spouse have also been very influenced by that too, right? So it takes such incredible strength and courage to step away from that. But you kind of reminded me of something. I think that when I became much more focused on my spiritual journey, um, you know, a lot of what the gurus always talk about is kind of your purpose and calling on this earth is to come back to who you are, right? Come back to who you are at your core to discover who you are. So I think that if you keep that in mind, it's kind of now your responsibility to figure out, you know, who am I? Because a lot of us, we don't have the space to ask ourselves those questions that you were kind of mentioning before it's self-reflection. Yeah. Knowing that it's healthy to have that self-reflection and there's a safe place to do it too. And you know, so that you don't do it in a critical way. I think that can be the temptation is to say, oh, I should, you know, starting the shoulds train. I should be thinking this and thinking that. And we definitely, that's, an, that's now you have two problems. One, the, the problem you originally had. And then the second one, how you're treating yourself, you know, which causes more stress. And so, you know, doing the self-reflection and the awareness and having someone to guide you and then practicing doing it in a compassionate uncovering, slow uncovering and healing, you know, so that you can blossom rather than wilt under the pressure of your own expectations. That's so true. I mean, it's so powerful to have a third party kind of not judge you, right? You just hold that space and say, you know, I see you, I hear you and you're, everything you're going through is valid, right? You know, how do you want to move forward? Exactly. So speaking of chronic stress, which kind of like weaves right into that that conversation of how we're responding to the outward circumstances, how we're caring for ourselves and our mindset. You know, you and I both, chronic stress has had a major impact on our health. We've had past experiences with this. And so restoring our physical health has had a really drastic difference because we were so far 
away from where we needed to be. So what would you say to someone who is feeling the burden of chronic stress right now and wants to make a change, but really doesn't know how to go about doing that? Yeah. Oh, man. The first thing I would say is don't be afraid to do whatever it takes to feel good again. You don't need permission from anyone to make the changes you need in your own life. You're not a failure. Kind of goes back to the mindset, right? And I think, you know, hold strong and find the courage to admit that what you're doing right now, it's not working and that's okay, right? Like this is where I was personally getting stuck. I felt like such a failure, you know, if I'm in this place and if I ask for help or, you know, everything, I'm trying so hard and it's still not working. And that was very hard for me. And I would say, I think what I did wrong (laughs) is I didn't ask for support, right? So I'd really say, don't be afraid to find support. I think the only way out is to start making changes, right? And change is hard. (laughs) And honestly, find all the support you can get. I was so lucky that I had my husband who kind of recognized that I was not myself, you know, whatever you have access to, you know, whether that's finding a therapist, working with a coach, seeking out anyone else that you know that has kind of been there, find the accountability, tell somebody. I think that the first step is like the awareness and admitting that you're ready to go all in, right? Um, Because that is very scary. Um, I think once you have that mental click, like, okay, this isn't working. I want things to change get support, create a plan, and then just go all in. You know, you have to be shameless about putting yourself first because, you know, what they say is it's like the things that got you to where you are are not the things that are going to get you out, right? So get the buy-in from your spouse, your family, whoever you need to, and you just kind of need to make that mental flip and be 100%. So I've been learning a lot from Gabor Mate which is new to me, recommended by someone um, recently. And so I listened to a talk recently and he was talking about when you are in a situation of survival, you have coping mechanisms. And maybe they're not the healthiest coping mechanisms, but it helps you get through in that moment. And when you realize this this is not serving you and you need to move forward in a healthier way, to acknowledge that that's where you were, to thank that coping mechanism for helping you live and survive, but then acknowledging it's not helping you thrive and you need to really move to a place of thriving. And I really appreciated that because when you're talking about stigma and shame, like you're talking about feeling like a failure And then that gets wrapped in stigma and shame. And when you switch, when you reframe it and go, I really don't need to live under a cloud of stigma and shame. This is something that I had to do to get through, but it's not something that I have to do now. And it's not something that I have to do going forward. I can choose differently for myself. And something that kept me from going down that road was the fear of a mental health breakdown. I had seen people around me. all throughout my life going through really deep and hard stuff. And so I I found a way to survive. And if I try to look at this and heal this, am I going to make it out on the other side or am I just going to collapse? I don't know how to do anything differently than what I've been doing to get me here so far. So I love everything that we're sharing and we're talking about. 
And if anybody has that thought in their mind, I would just encourage you, like we've been talking about when you have that support around you and when you decide that you're not going to look at yourself and sick with stigma and shame, you're going to look at yourself as a human being that has been doing everything you can to get where you are and you're ready to go forward into a different, healthier way of being and thinking and believing and interacting with life, that there's there's beauty on the other side of healing that pain. And the physical well-being is a foundational and fundamental part of that experience. Um, healing your body, you know, like you're talking about, you can't separate the mind from the body. That's so true. They go hand in hand. Absolutely. Something that also really helped me is kind of, it was very difficult, but it's making the decision to shift out of the victim mentality, right? It's like kind of why me? How did I end up here? <laughs> um, and as soon as I realized, okay, I, I played and contributed a role to how I've gotten here, whether or not it was due to survival, survival and coping mechanisms. So now I'm also responsible for <laughs> finding a way out, you know, and I think it can be really helpful to think about, okay, what am I supposed to be learning from these circumstances? What is the gift in this, right? Yeah, I know. There is a time where I felt like that was, oh, like the looking for the gift was a way of kind of um, minimizing the pain. Like, don't look at the pain, look at the gift, you know, but now that I'm on this other side of healing, I'm right there with you because when you have looked at the pain and you've healed the pain, you can be left with the gift. I mean, yes, you may have scars from what you've been through. It doesn't erase. You know, when you heal, it doesn't erase what happened. It just allows you to go forward in a different, healthier way to interact with life differently instead of from a place of pain. It's a place of um, healing. And then you do have a gift in that. You better understand other people. You have a deeper compassion. You have more experience. You understand yourself better. You have better um, tools and ways of, you know, managing stress and challenge. You can come out such a stronger person, not in a forced way, but in a natural unfolding way. And that really can be an incredible gift that allows you to serve others and to meet them where they're at and help them get through their own challenges. So I love that you chose to share that and to say that because now it is something that really fuels me, even though, you know, two eons ago, I probably was like, what are you talking about gift? <laughs> this does not feel like a gift. <laughs> yes. I think you made such an important point, though, is that it's much easier to recognize the silver lining when you've come out the other side. When you're in the thick of it, you're just kind of like, I'm just trying to get through this. <laughs> and that's okay, right? You know, it, it's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. So you talk about how values play a major role in our overall health and how we show up in our lives, both personally and professionally. So what are your thoughts on core values and how they have a defining impact on our health? Yeah. So something I've learned through coaching is how important it is to be clear on your values, which we kind of touched on a little bit ago, but you need to be able to tie your goals back to them. You know, coaching is all about what are your goals? How can I help you close that gap from where you are to where you want to be? Right. 
But if you can't tie that back to what's important to you, what incentive do you have to actually pursue them, right? Because as we had discussed, like coming from a place of shame, that's not incentive, you're, it's not authentic to who you are, right? So I worked with several clients who were surprised that they're not as clear on their values as they thought, because a lot of times we inherit our values from our parents, from culture, from society. You know, we are told what's acceptable and what isn't, what's desirable and what's not. But it can require kind of, as we had discussed, a lot of self-reflection and commitment to personal development. Because the reality is that a lot of us are so used to performing and we become very disconnected from who we really are. That's really scary. I'm somebody that's obsessed with this and always thinking about it. And I'm still getting to know myself every day, right? But, you know, if you're kind of whatever stage of life you're in, you know, you've accomplished all of these things for everything that you've worked towards in your life to be challenged is extremely uncomfortable, right? And that's why I always say, you know, on the surface, okay, maybe I help you reconnect with your body, lose weight, feel better. But a lot of times the real transformation is really empowering other people to reconnect who they are and to their bodies, right? Because again, they're totally tied to each other. But from a coaching perspective, it's very difficult to guide someone through a transformation if they don't know what their values and goals are, you know? That's so true. You know, it makes me think that we probably really are just in a lot of ways, not always, but in a lot of ways, just kind of taking each day, day by day by day. And if we haven't really thought about that and we're really, you know, responding to the messages that we've received about how we should be, how we should look and all of that, we've been looking at the external to determine, you know, what our next step is. That could be a really powerful process to go through to look at, well, what do I think and what's important for me? What do I think is beautiful? <laughs> you know, what do, how do I want to show up in life? What do I want to focus on? Totally. It's so powerful. It's, it's the idea of living with intention, right? I think that we are in 2021. Everything is very fast paced. There's like we're surrounded by technology 24-7. We are reacting all day long which is how we kind of end up in these places of like, how did I end up here? <laughs> this is never my intention. It is like, well, what was my intention? You know, like, did I have a plan? How did I end up here? And it's just taking the small moments within your day to kind of check in with yourself, which takes work to create that habit. But, you know, it's, it's so important. Yeah. One of the things that I'm learning is you have a, a pattern of thought that's something that you've been doing over and over and over and over and over and a lot of times unconsciously. So you don't even know how much practice you have having that negative thought pattern. You've been doing it a long time, maybe your whole life, how many times a day? And so then when we try to switch our thought pattern to a different way of thinking, reframing our thoughts, dismantling limiting beliefs, it's like, why is this so hard? Well, we're just beginning. <laughs> we're just now aware. And just beginning to decide that we want to show up differently and think differently and treat ourselves differently. So, you know, not to be discouraged when you're on day one of that journey, when you've had, you know, how many years of, of showing up differently for yourself. So it's good to have someone like yourself in that corner when you go through that, because that can be challenging sometimes. Yeah, 
I mean, I would just say, I mean, it's so worth, I think, challenging the thoughts that you have, because that's kind of what ultimately gives you the freedom, right? It's like, okay, I believed all these things. I've been telling myself these things for so long. Then when you realize, oh, it's not actually true, I can give myself permission to decide that these things aren't true. Like all of a sudden, everything's different. You know, like your perspective is different. So we may not realize that what we choose today impacts who we are and how we show up tomorrow. We're talking a little bit about that in our conversation today. So we're already starting to become aware of it. But, you know, a lot of our day-to-day decisions can feel really harmless. But one way to think about it that might help bring real clarity is if we think about, think of it through the lens of raising our kids, for example. The habits we start with them today can set in motion the quality of their tomorrow. So can you provide some insight on how nourishment specifically can set a foundation for our well-being today and how it impacts our ability to be and to do what is most important to us in life? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think on the most basic level, you know, what we eat, it becomes integrated into who we are, right? Like literally the energy from the food fuels your body. But, you know, in a nutshell, like everything in life, health is cumulative. So how you're treating your body, fueling your body day in, day out affects how resilient you are over time. So if you kind of remember learning about personal finance and compound interest, it's the same concept. It doesn't work differently in other areas. But if you're saving for retirement, it's better to save these are totally made up numbers. <laughs> Not going to pretend like I've done the math, but you know, they say things like it's better to start saving a hundred dollars a month when you're starting at 21 versus like a thousand dollars a month starting at 40. You know, you just can't make up the difference of what you've done day in and day out for those 15 years before. And um, there's actually a really good book on this I've read recently. Uh, it's a book on habits called The Compound Effect. It's basically about how the habits in your day-to-day life kind of add up over time. But it's really about mastering the little things that you do every day so it turns into a habit and then it doesn't take up mental space for you anymore, right? So if you think about your health like a bank account and the things that cost money are stress, not sleeping, not going outside, not eating well not exercising and sitting at your desk all day, those are all very expensive to your health, right? And somehow you have to make money, you know, how are you going to get out of debt? (laughs) And how are you going to make an income? Because the more debt that you're in, it kind of, that's when we start experiencing symptoms and disease and all these other issues that all of a sudden you're like, what happened? How did I end up here? Right? So it is truly the most basic things, you know, go to bed at the same time every night, drink your water, spend time outside, get your body moving. I really believe that it's never too late. The body is so incredible when you give it the nourishment that it needs, but it can't fix itself out of nothing, right? Like truly you are what you eat. Literally what you're eating creates the like cells and everything that's happening inside. I wonder if the same is true for unresolved trauma. Like if you leave the anger and the pain and the hurt and all of these things and let it kind of linger in your system, the negative impact that that has, that that 
compounds and increases over time and has a cost on your body too. Because I like the way that you frame that and explained that. That's so simple and helps me go, oh, (laughs) I'm in the red on this, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of us are, right? Because we're constantly stuck in surviving and reacting. And it's interesting what you say. I'm not an expert on this, but, you know, there is research around the idea that trauma and pain and a lot of your emotions store in your body. So there's different therapies around that. And, you know, depending on how woo you are, <laughs> it connects. There's a lot of stories that connect, you know, suppressing your emotions to physical symptoms. Yes. I was just a couple of days ago learning about that, that actually suppressing and holding back and bottling up. Those are just some kind of terms you might be familiar with to relate to what I'm trying to describe is like holding in and not healing, hanging on to rather than releasing, that that has a major impact on your body over time, as well as and we were talking about your perception of yourself and others and how you show up in your in life and the quality of your life and all of that. We're talking about the real impacts in that way, but that the physiological impacts of doing that, that repressing you know, can manifest in lots of different ways, like you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. It's the mind-body connection, right? So what would you say to someone who feels like they lack that motivation to consistently care for themselves? So kind of, you know, yes, we can hear these messages of how we should be, but it's a whole other thing to show up every day and be a good advocate and friend to yourself, especially when it's hard, when time is tight, you know, and the burdens of life feel so big and heavy. So what would you say to someone who's going through that right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends what your goals are. I do think that if you're in a place where you have a lot going on, it's truly not the right time and place to be creating changes in your life. Be honest about that, right? Like be kind to yourself, do what you can because change is stressful in itself, right? I think that that's important because I think that like you had mentioned before, we hold ourselves to such high standards and then we start getting stuck in this stress cycle of like, I should be doing more. And it's just kind of like this catch 22 because you don't have time to be doing more. But if you're kind of at this place of like, okay, I need to make a change. Enough is enough. But there's so much on my shoulders. And I think if you're feeling stuck, really focus on small changes. I think that a lot of us tend to go all in and then we burn out, right? You know, like what is one thing that you can commit to doing this week? You know, is it just five minutes of journaling to better process your emotions? You know, going for a 10 minute walk outside drinking more water. It's like the little, little things just commit to one small thing. Cause I think in the beginning, you really need that momentum, right? More so than the transformation. Cause that really is the biggest thing I see people running into is they're super overwhelmed with themselves because they have all these unrealistic goals and expectations. Like you don't get a gold star for doing something faster or going 110%. Like this is your life be kind to yourself. And honestly, it is truly the little things that add up, right? Like don't get super attached to the results. I think that can also slow a lot of people down, right? It's like, okay, well, I went for a walk every day this week and I'm not seeing results. 
it's nice to see results. But in the beginning, it's much more about like, let's get consistent. Let's create that habit and then move on to the next thing. Right. And if you really are feeling so overwhelmed, that's where finding support helps. Right. It makes such a big difference. That's why I went into coaching. Find an accountability partner, find somebody. You don't have to do it on your own. You know, we live in such a great time where we have access to things at our fingertips. Small things really do make a big difference. One of the changes that I've had to make recently is the way I start my day. I was working with a nutritionist who is helping me resolve some physical issues that had, you know, come up for a variety of different reasons for me. And that was really kind of my major cue, like, okay, something's not right. And so she was telling me, okay, you're going to make a smoothie in the morning and here's some things to put in it and you're going to put some vitamin powder or whatever. So through her encouragement, she was saying, just try it, just try it. So it definitely took me a beat. I wasn't racing to the blender aisle to, <laughs> to, you know, to get the things that I needed to do to make it. I was like, all right, I understand the concept. I'll, you know, get to this. But when I started to do it, I realized, wow, that really actually gives me a lot of energy in the morning. And because of the liquid form of it, the nutrients, I feel the nutrients right away. My body is absorbing it. It's not spending a bunch of energy trying to digest and break down food. It's already in a form that it can take to just absorb. So it actually really adds a lot to how I feel. And in starting my day off that way, it really does make a difference. And then those vitamins and whatnot have led to some of that clarity and some of that feeling balanced and having energy and some of the positive things that I'm talking about. So it's not just the smoothie changed my life. It's part of it. It's part of, you know, how you nourish your your body every day and how you're meeting its needs so that it can function in the way that it's supposed to. So you can feel like the way you're supposed to feel. So I like that you're encouraging people to don't feel like starting small and doing something simple is nothing. You know, don't negate it and undervalue it. Drinking, just that simple thing of drinking enough water in the day can have major benefits for your hair and your skin and your nails and your clarity and your digestive system and you know, major, major, major benefits. So even if you just decided, I'm going to do this one thing, it's not just one thing. It's actually a major, you know, step in the right direction. Yes. And I always like to say, like, pick something that you feel like you can stick to in the long term. You know, it's like a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to go run however many miles every single day. I'm like, well, is that something that you plan to carry through for a really long time? Because, you know, it, that's why it's the small things are kind of more important because it's like, okay, well, I know that you can probably continue to drink more water for a really long time or commit to just getting outside. Like, you know, and I'm so glad that you brought up the smoothie because that's actually how I really got into um, nutrition and food as medicine as well. Because similar to you, I committed to drinking a green smoothie every morning instead of my bagel. And that's it. I didn't change anything else in my diet. And I was in my 20s, like living my 20s lifestyle. <laughs> it made a massive, massive difference. Like I felt so amazing. And it's like, well, why would I ever go back? Like, let's see what else food can do, right? Yes. 
<laughs> and it sounds so cliche. I mean, I cringe just saying, just saying it, but that was part of my hangup in not wanting to do it was I had this idea of that's so cliche. You know, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's an infomercial. But really, you know, when you're talking about caring for yourself, it's what does your body need? And this is one of the simplest, easiest things that you can do and you can customize it to your, I think that was the other part. I was looking at it going, oh no, I think smoothies are gross, but the learning, they don't have to be gross and they can still be effective. And like you said, you don't have to say, okay, I'm going to have a smoothie for the rest of my existence. You can say, I'm going to have one for the next three days and I'm going to see how I feel after that. But then it, it honestly only took one or two days for me to be like, wow, okay, wait a second. <laughs> I might be into this. And now I've been doing it for months and I look forward to it. It's a regular part of my routine. So I like that you're, you know, like, hey, you don't have to sign a lifetime contract. You can say, I realize you need to drink more water and I'm going to start with one or two cups more a day. And I'm going to aim for that and then give myself an opportunity to see the benefits of this and to really explore it. Yes, I love the word explore, right? Because now smoothies are a tool in your toolbox, right? It's kind of like that's something that you can lean on, you know, that you have in your arsenal, similar to all the other things that we kind of mentioned. Absolutely. What are some resources that have been helpful for you in your journey to explore and uncover a more vibrant and authentic version of yourself? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I'd say, first of all, this is probably not so much in the health coaching realm, but very aligned to, you know, coming back to yourself. I think anybody that is on Instagram needs to follow the holistic psychologist. I feel like she really helps you understand kind of all the conditioning that we need to unpack, right? And I also really love from a resource and tool perspective, the five-minute journal in terms of kind of reconnecting to yourself and self-reflection. And yeah, I mean, these are not as nutrition related, but I think this really helps you reconnect to your values, which I believe are kind of the first step, right? As we had talked about, I think a really quick and easy book that I like to refer people to is Good Vibes, Good Life by Vex King. I feel like we may have talked about this in the past. Yeah, but it's like a really, it's a quick, short read. Um, I think it's so important to be connected to who you are and your purpose. And I think it kind of just helps you see things in a different light. Yeah. That perspective shifting is so huge. This is what I'm learning. So for those of us who would love to stay connected and engage with you, how can we stay in touch and what's the best way to contact you? Ooh, the best way to contact me is on Instagram. You can follow me, send me a DM. I'm about to launch my new program. So you can find that on my website, thekathleenfitzgerald.com. Yeah, if any of your listeners feel called to learn more about coaching, I'm happy to offer free breakthrough calls to help you get clear on your goals. Send me a DM and we'll figure it out. Okay, sounds great. And what's your Instagram handle? I'll put it in the notes, but what's your handle? It's at the Kathleen, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, Fitzgerald, F-I-T-Z-G-E-R-A-L-D. Oh, super simple. Okay, awesome. That's great. Um, so we appreciate all of that you shared today. 
especially I'm just so glad that I met you. Is there a final thought that you'd like to share with us? Something to keep in our mind and our heart before we part ways? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I want to remind everyone that you have all of the power. You know, I believe in you. And I think that, um, you know, it's okay to do things differently if it feels right for you. Thank you for a wonderful conversation today, Kathleen, for sharing your perspective and expertise with us. We appreciate you and we look forward to staying connected. If you have a wellness topic that is important to you, let us know by visiting emergethriving.com forward slash podcast.